welcome to the Wedding People podcast, hosted by Rihanna Elizabeth and Rebecca Brennan-Brown. On this podcast, you'll find Rihanna and I chatting through tips and tricks on how to not get stressed at your wedding, how to make your pounds go further, and generally just all things wedding. In this podcast, we may say the odd naughty word, so if you don't want to hear us dropping the F-bomb and you have tiny little ears around, we suggest that you listen to us later. We really want this podcast to be as interactive as possible, so do get in touch with us at theweddingpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. Rihanna, do you want to talk about wedding venues? I would love to talk about wedding venues, but even more so, I would like to talk about wedding venues with Jess and Rose from Historical Houses, Banqueting House. Thank you for being here with us. Weird little cringy bit at the beginning. We're like, thanks for coming. <laughs> this is our yeah. Me. This is our first interview. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Son. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first interview with four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so hopefully it will flow nicely and we don't all talk over each other. But sorry if we do. Yeah. We just get excited. Where do you want to start? We have official questions. We will try and stick to to the questions. When it comes to wedding planning, obviously budget is incredibly important, but the main thing is a venue. Of course. Because once you have your venue, everything else then fits Mm -hmm. within that. And I think that there are so many questions around how do I pick my venue, when do I pick my venue, and everything else that comes with it. Well, couples can find it very overwhelming. So, from your experience, what is it like working for one of the biggest venues in London? Well, at this time of the year, um, from January onwards, it's been incredibly busy. Mm. For what? Are you getting summer inquiries now? In loads of October inquiries, um, kind of that's award season for us, Mm -hmm, Um, but also... A lot of people who got married at Christmas and New Year's Eve. It was uh, very exciting. And our inquiries will probably peak tomorrow from Valentine's yes. Day. Oh my well. god! Or, or on Friday, the day after. Yeah. People get very excited as well, yeah. don't they? They get engaged. They contact all the venues, yeah. and then they just don't follow up. For yeah. Like two or yeah. Three months. Exactly. But I just got engaged myself, and actually, kind of having gone through it myself, I understand that actually they're probably not going to get back to you for two weeks because you're living your life. You, you said to that, speak you? about. Yeah. You need to speak to various people. You're also trying to get information from other venues, and there are some venues that will get back to you within 24 yeah. hours, and there are some venues that get back to you within a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then you might go, okay, but these are actually my favourites. I'm going to go see these first. Mm. You don't like them, and then you'll go, okay, I'm going to go back to these other people that contacted me. That's yeah. how I found. Yeah. Um, Just like sliding in there, Rose is engaged, and she's planning her <laughs> wedding. So we Yay! will add that into the podcast. <laughs> so we will cover and, and chat about things like that. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it's an engaged bubble, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of want initial prices and you want to go, okay, what is affordable for me? Because mm. you have no idea until you go and contact these venues and do they no. do packages? Is there outside suppliers? Is it inside suppliers? Mm. How much flexibility do I have? Yeah. And it's funny, we had someone message us on Twitter saying that it's so hard as someone who's getting married to compare all these venues because everyone offers something different. And it's also like, where do you actually start? Like, obviously, budget is a huge factor, but in the beginning as well, you're really excited. And, you know, you might decide that, okay, you might want to spend a bit more on the venue and sacrifice something else, you know. it's it's Or you might decide, okay, I want them just for the ceremony and something else just for the reception, depending Mm, on all the different options everybody gives you. Like, it's... There's so many different options, especially with the venues and suppliers available now. So would it be fair to say 
that banqueting house is one of the luxury venues. So would we put you into the kind of luxury market category? Definitely. I mean, our mm-hmm. venue hire starts from £11,000 plus VAT. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no, it's not something that me or Jess could actually afford ourselves. Yeah, yeah you're hung on. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. yeah, I'm being honest. <laughs> we'll hold our hands up. Yeah, it, it isn't for us, but, you know, I love helping you to plan it. But, yeah, it's for... You know, you obviously you have to have a big budget. Mm. Um, our numbers can go up to three hundred for dinner dance as well. Yeah. So we tend to get a lot of inquiries that are those you know big numbers yeah. where you have big families yeah. and lots of friends yeah. coming. Um, but but I'm being funny. If you look at Banqueting House, you will understand why it cost that money. Like yeah, just from oh, the pictures. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, location. It's based on Whitehall. It's the most London street in London. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, opposite Horsecars Parade and Ted yeah. Downing Street. Mm-hmm. We've got Trafalgar Square, one end, and Westminster Abbey. Um, but yeah. also, I mean, it is, it's got the best ceiling in London. Oh my God. Yeah, and also ceiling. it's, you know, we always offer it out as exclusive hire. So that, that palace becomes yours for the whole day. Yeah. You can have the undercroft for one thing, the main hall for another thing, and not be interrupted by any other guests or, mm. you know, any, day any other day visitors. Exactly. That's it's completely yours. Day. You get married in a palace. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because what is it? King James's entertaining palette? Yeah, yes. so it used to be. I don't listen on my Yay. phone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it used to be part of Whitehall Palace, which used to be, I think, the, the largest. biggest palace in Europe. Right. Um, and basically, it used to stretch from Trafalgar Square all the way down to Parliament Square. And our banqueting Whoa. house now is all that remains of it. And it was always built for the purpose of entertaining. And partying. It so, was right at the heart yeah. of court life. So mm-hmm. if you smell James I we'd have put on big shows which were called masks or he'd have met ambassadors there. It was it was built for parties, essentially. Yeah. And we like to call it amongst ourselves the party palace. We did. Party palace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, I mean, as it looks so grand and you walk into the main hall and you look up at Ruben Ceiling and your breath is just taken away. But at the same time, the vibe is not, I'm going, to put, I'm going to say intimidating. I was going to say stuffy. But yeah. intimidating is, mm. is probably the right word. Yeah. Because it's such an imposing venue, but you don't feel kind of, oh my gosh. You kind of go, oh my God, I want to get married here. Yeah. Because it's so, exactly. so stunning. It's mm-hmm. one of my favourite venues. I think as well, I think it's it's quite a contemporary looking space. Obviously it is 400 years old, but it's got neutral mm. walls. Yeah. It's, you know, it's got columns, which are very in fashion at the moment. There's loads of gold. So, and you can really cut, you can put your own style on it and yeah. you can do something very traditional and have reds and golds and yeah. kind of go down that royal route. Or you can, you know, do a classic white wedding or you can do something really modern and have mirrored bars and yeah. light up dance floors. Mm. And you can, you can basically mm. put your own stamp on it. Yeah. It's versatile. Yeah. It's a versatile exactly. space. Yeah. Which you don't really get for those historic classic Well, most historic yeah. buildings are wooden yeah. and really dark, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which are amazing. And, you know, they've got amazing tapestries on the wall, but our main thing is on the ceiling. So it just gives us that bit, bit more flexibility yeah. to kind of be really creative with events. Yeah. But as, as large as the main hall is, mm. the undercroft, even though it's called the undercroft, which you kind of in your head think, oh, it's going to be dark. It's not. Right. But you can create that kind of cosy atmosphere as well. Yeah, so absolutely. you could kind of go quite modern or you can kind of go quite like intimate and cosy, which yeah. I think that's why it's such a Definitely. great venue. Yeah. And particularly for weddings, I think with the undercroft, it just it's very church-like. You yes. know, there's yeah. those arches. You feel like mm. you're in the crypts of a of a big cathedral mm. or something. Yeah. So just brides love it when, you know, they walk in, they can imagine themselves walking down, walk down that aisle. aisle. Yeah. Um, and you still have that vibe without actually having to be in a church and sing hymns and yeah. do the religious bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah. With the, the space being so large, 
do you get a lot of kind of cultural weddings? Because obviously I've done like Indian weddings mm. before, Asian weddings, and they have big parties. Mm. So do you find that you get a lot of kind of cultural mixed yeah definitely I think we're getting more and more inquiries for it actually we um and a lot of the time as well it might not be for the actual the wedding day it could Mm. be for the pre-wedding party you know it's the it's the night before and people want to you know let their hair down have all the all the dancing amazing food you know it's we we lend ourselves so well to that because of the capacity that we can do Mm. so 300 for a dinner and dance that's perfect for those kind of weddings and then also for even you know even if it is for the wedding day and reception it's there's just so much that they can do it's, yeah yeah and it tends to thinking about a lot of the weddings i've done over the years one's been kind of um half british half Ghanaian, which obviously oh. they come with a really big family yeah. they actually had um an african choir singing down from the balcony which is like one oh. of the most incredible things i've ever seen mm. in my life um, oh God, that sounds amazing. Oh. But also, like you know, I've done Indian weddings, which obviously yeah. they come with big families and lots of colour and lots of entertainment. Yeah. And it just so in that sense, yeah, it works so well for the cultural weddings. Because traditionally, English weddings tend to be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then equally, last year, one of the most amazing weddings was a 85 year old groom and a 75 year old bride. Oh my gosh. And he, it was the first time he got married. Oh. It's like 200 of their best friends. Rihanna will die. Oh no, honestly, every time I came back up to your office after like, I met with him, I was like, honestly, guys. Oh, lovely. It's so romantic. Oh, I was so gutted to be on holiday. I'm such a sucker oh. for that old school life. I would have come home for that. I know, I'm um, sitting by my phone all day. But that was about 200. Um, and that was actually, we did that on a Thursday. That was a daytime event, so we can, we can close all day on a Thursday. Yeah. So that was really nice. Some of the nicest weddings I've done is actually when it is the smaller numbers. So it was like 100 people. Um, the groom had a connection with the royal family and was able to get married at St. James's Chapel. Mm. And then they all walked across St. James's Park to Banqueting oh, House. Oh. And then they just did a room split in the main hall. And they had drinks, yeah. their dinner and their dancing. Mm. And it just worked so well. And I, I think as well, the bride, she kind of wanted to know... She was like really keen, what's what is gonna work? Yeah. And she wanted kind of all the tips to make it work as best as possible. And actually, you know, we built such a good rapport that, you know, you end up kind of doing so many things that you wouldn't do normally for your clients mm. and you kind of help them out in little yeah. bits. And it was just, oh, it's the most lovely day and the best bit of the whole evening is at the end they left like twenty minutes before everyone else. If they didn't turn over the guests they were leaving, they just kind of sneak snuck down the stairs, she went on to white in her wedding dress, flagged down a black cab. And then oh I had God, cocktails amazing. at the Savoy. Ah oh. Living oh. the dream. Ah. Oh. That I love so that. Nice. Yeah. I think the main hall, as you said, is it's a large space, but you can separate it to create two smaller yeah. sections. Mm-hmm. But recently, as in last week, we came to a lovely event that you had um, promoting dinner in the den, and you had the reception in the main hall for how how many people were there that night? So there was uh, thirty seven people wow. in total. Yeah. Oh, that that sounds tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, but, but it didn't it feel worked. like that though, did it? No. Mm-hmm. You, you made the space feel intimate, the lighting was perfect, mm. and I was really dubious, like, how are they going to make this space fit, yeah. like, feel like you're filling the space, because you don't mm. want to be tinkering around, yeah. but it works. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. I just think, I mean, the lighting is just incredible yeah. in the main hall, what you can do with it. Um, I mean, Jess can tell you much more, she kind of <laughs> planned it all as her baby. So. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it was incredible, and it was, it was, it was nerve-wracking, because it's so rare that we do you know sell things to those small numbers when we do it's either you know one long table in the main hall because Mm. obviously when people think of banqueting house they think 
of that Reuben yeah, seeding yeah. and that is what they want to come and be a part of and that's what we were really conscious of in the promo you know people do still want if they're coming to banqueting house they want to come and see the Reuben so we thought well have something upstairs have a real feature in the yeah. middle so we had obviously this four meter high snow globe um with this um yeah incredible lighting the sea of uh, lanterns and candles and vases guiding people straight into the middle of the main hall to kind of make it feel a lot more intimate and you know i'll I'll be honest we didn't we didn't know how it was gonna go we couldn't we couldn't sit there and say you know yep this is gonna this is a hundred percent gonna be the right thing but it works it worked perfectly it did it allowed everyone to come to Banqueting House, see what everybody wants to see, and then have this real kind of luxury, exclusive dinner downstairs, which is, you know, we, we were tr- the point of the promo was to prove that even if you want a dinner for 30 people, 20 people, mm. you can make it work at Banqueting House. Yeah. You don't we, have to... We've been discussing today, actually, mm. in the office, how perfect would that long table be for, like, the rehearsal dinner the night before? Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Um, and just, like, so intimate, so special. You and James the first drinking day. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it just, and, like, particularly, like, the white flowers. I mean, it looked very wedding yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just think it'd be perfect for a rehearsal exactly. dinner. Exactly. And, like, even, you know, even the entertainment, we had just that kind of acoustic kind of mm. set, the violinist and the cello, just in as the background music. It doesn't need no. anything else down there. It wasn't kind of overwhelming. It just created a nice... Yeah. a yeah. really nice atmosphere and yeah it was yeah it was it was really good but I really think Banqueting House is a venue that you can dress up mm-hmm. or you can literally leave it yeah, yeah. yeah. and do the talking let it yeah. Yeah. and I, I think I've mean, got events booked in that yeah. don't have a huge budget yeah. and mm. and you don't need to no but I mean I mean I've been at Banqueting House for four years I've worked my way up kind of from the bottom but that's why I just like I can't get bored of it because no. I suddenly get this amazing inquiry come yeah. in and or I see it look a completely different way. And every single event you do is just so completely different. Yeah. There's just so much that you can do with it, and then you know suddenly you get a request for something to do that you have never done before, and it you know it becomes yeah, exciting. Yeah. Not that it's never not exciting, but it becomes like oh that's mm. really exciting. Yeah. That's a challenge. Yeah, How am I going to make that work? Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think you yeah. offering those different options is great. And I'm just going to slide in. Um, we did share on our stories the night that mm. we went to dinner in the den, and we will reshare that back on our stories. So when you listen to the podcast, you can then see. It all makes sense. Yeah. Helpful when things we say make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think banqueting house for me is one of those venues that, like, when I'm there, you feel privileged to be there. Hundred percent. Like it's just so grand and so beautiful. And like it's the one that my granddad tells all his friends about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Did you know King James used to live? But Rose, you're saying that you've worked there for four years. Yeah. Like in all honestly in all honesty <laughs> in all honesty, four years at a venue yeah. is a is a good feat for yeah. a venue planner because yeah, a lot a of venue planners time. think, yeah. Okay, I've done this amount of time now, mm-hmm. I've done everything that I can do in this venue, so I'll move on. Yeah. And that's why how we end up going, Oh, so and so has moved to so and so. Yeah. So you staying at a venue for so long just goes to show how much yeah. you yeah. love working there. I honestly I just I love the sorts of inquiries that we get in, mm. I did kind of off topic but like last year we ended up doing two jewellery events which I've never really done jewellery events before and it it looks like we're going to get another one this year and it's kind of picking up that momentum and kind of working with those really high-end luxury brands and then want to do something that's actually really challenging and really different it's just 
things like that just make it so mm. exciting and I don't know we just get the best inquiry rooms. yeah and it's just, just kind like, of as well or, like in September we had the world's biggest beanbag in the main hall oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. was it called the cloud yeah it was the chubby cloud it was like literally like can you just imagine it's just kind of like pushing the boundaries so that's interesting so as a planner going to a venue that has limitations a lot of people go oh no it's just too limiting yeah it's just ask the question ask the question ask the question if it can't be done figure out a way around even though you're so flexible what do you think is the biggest difficulty that you come across because i think it must be hard for brides and grooms to understand why yeah Yeah. why the rules are there Mm. and we understand why the rules are there but i think and once you explain it to people then it's like well duh yeah Yeah. and i think a lot of the time as well with brides and grooms um you know already they've got a friend of a friend that can do the catering or Mm. you know their cousin can do the flowers or their dad works in production yeah Yeah. and you know it's kind of it's about pulling in you know we we all will do it but i think Mm. it's then finding ways around it so for example if someone's really insisting they want their caterer for this really specific menu by all means the chef that you've got as a contact can go and speak to one of our approved suppliers to help create this bespoke menu yeah but because of the operations and 400 year old palace you know it has to be our approved suppliers that are coming in and a lot of the time i think people do get it it might take um you know as well you know when you've already got your in your head exactly how you want your wedding to be who you want to use it's hard to let go of but once you know brides brides and grooms do understand the reasons behind it and how it's actually gonna make their wedding better having people that are experienced in working in the building and can you know can react to anything that happens they then realize it's actually a much safer option i mean the other thing as well is when they've got the same exactly the same standards as us which is really really high Mm -hmm. we also know that because they're on a list and they fought really hard to get on their list they're going to do the best job for you possible and Mm -hmm. we also know our reputation is still going to be intact and you're going to have the best wedding Mm -hmm. possible yeah but even though you've got a list you've got i know you've got a variety of suppliers Mm -hmm. on that list it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that everyone's super expensive no exactly we spend a lot of time talking through our approved suppliers mm. list with brides and grooms and you know going through you know what is it exactly that you want and what's your budget and, and then pairing yeah. pairing them with the right suppliers you know we're not asking all of our couples to go out to all 12 or 13 of our approved suppliers yeah and get every single one of them for a quote that's completely overwhelming yeah. for them. I, I totally so get like, that sounds a lot like what we do mm. with yeah. people we pair people to the right suppliers mm-hmm. and that's exactly. sort of thing. you can i think as well once you've actually got a couple in you've met with them and you can tell pretty soon you get a vibe off them okay they like this yeah you know this is a this is a contender for them and you get to know them and mm-hmm. you know you're showing the pictures and they're telling you the pictures that they like and everything yeah. like that you can then go okay i've got a feeling that you're going to like this catering yeah and this production yeah. company and then it makes it so much easier but sometimes it's just kind of come on, come and meet us tell us about your wedding day what can we do and i always exactly. i always say to couples like you're going to walk out of here and you're straight away you're going to think of a question that you've forgotten mm-hmm. bombard me with yeah. emails like we work here because we absolutely love it we're so passionate yeah. about it we love yeah. weddings in particular so do you so, think you partially take on the role of a wedding planner yeah, yeah. I think partially yeah partially we do like and that. you know that's part of you know on the site visit one question that we always get asked is you know so what's 
kind of your role on the day and you know how involved is it going to get is it going to be you that's here on the day and you know as part of our including our venue hire we always say that they've got a dedicated event manager and at that point on the site visit that's where you say you know I've done the site visit with you I'll be your dedicated events manager unless we're on holiday holiday, in which case I pass you over you know we we work really well together you know we have no problem recommending each other to to take on each other's events so it's yeah, it, and then they a lot of the time, but you suddenly see people just kind of relax. Like if you've already, Absolutely. if you've already sort of, you know, won them over with the venue, if they then find that okay, you're going to be here on the day, and then they find out that we're there until literally the last guest leaves. Yeah, it kind of takes away yeah. a lot of that worry. I think as well, I'm kind of having gone and visited wedding venues myself. You kind of need to trust that that person one like wants to do your wedding, and have you built a rapport with them? Mm-hmm. And you know, you want to. There are so many amazing venues in London and you know they're, they're, at the end of the day they're gonna be picking between a couple of them and at the end of the day I always say to them, pick the person you get on with because mm. yeah. Oh relationships everything. Exactly. Yeah, and then, oh you know, I've got brides who I'm friends with on Instagram now. Um on Monday one of them had their two year wedding anniversary, she's now got a baby boy, you know, I oh. messaged her and was like, Oh my god, I can't believe it was two years ago she you know, messaged me back and was like, Oh my god, you know, I couldn't have got it through it without you. So, you know, you build Yeah. Like it's honestly so nice we love it. We yeah. love weddings. Yeah. Exactly. And it's so nice we for work us, in a you know. Voice. We we're so we're both so passionate about events, you know, we're not just in it for, you know, we're just not in it because it's because it's a job. We're so passionate about it, yeah. and if someone actually wants to lean us a bit more, we almost enjoy yeah. that. I more mean, I'm not going to do your guest list you know. for you. Yeah, no. exactly. Um. <laughs> we're not going to do, do your table plan, but, <laughs> but we will guide you through that process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And but that's you know. that's so important though, because a lot of people can't afford to have a planner, mm. and yeah. to know that the people who you are working with and the, and the venue you're you're mm-hmm. getting are including that service as as best as they can. Yeah. But also, when we work with you and when we work with venues who provide that service, you're kind of a support for us too. Yeah. Because you know your venue better yeah. than anyone because mm-hmm. you work and, and you live it, sleep it, breathe it. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. industry you have to love to be in it. You have to love it because mm-hmm. it's, it's intense. You're yeah. not doing it for the money, are you? No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's true. And, and obviously... When people see an approved supply list, a lot of the time they go, oh, God, no. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you said, they know your venue so well because they have been specially selected. You extensively go through everybody to ensure that you can offer something to everyone. And I encourage people to ask you questions. Yeah. Because like you said, if they want to use someone who's their own caterer, the chef can work with that person I've done an event where they were adamant to use a certain chef Mm -hmm. so that chef went to the approved supplier and worked alongside to develop the menu yeah it it can be done it really can be done well we've got um I've got potential awards dinner next year actually um but it's kind of a it's a cuisine that no one on our list really offers Mm. Um, but actually one of the caterers kind of called me up um, and just said to me look I'm happy to take them under our wing we're going to take them under our wing Mm -hmm. it's going to be all my staff running it I'm going to be there it's just going to be their chefs in the room mm. and then we know kind of you're going to be getting the level of service that we expect you know that our palace is going to be protected but also mm-hmm. you're going to get the food you want at the end yeah. of the day and our, our caterers are so flexible like you know they'll do anything for you yeah, yeah. and so. the thing is like, and I know your not, well, not your specific tender process but I know what goes into a tender process because mm-hmm. I do that we invest so much time in making sure that we know our suppliers and we know yeah. who works with what really. They respect that as well. Like yeah. whenever you see someone who's like, you know, one attender, 
they love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important to them. Yeah, you should feel proud. Yeah, we should feel proud. Is there anything that you get all the time where you're like, oh my god, why can't you understand this? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's a fact. Come on, there are like groomzillas and bridezillas out there. My yeah. thing, for example, is capacities. Mm. When people are like, oh, can you not just put like five more people in there? I'm like, no, because the capacity is 120. Mm. So if you've got to the point where you've come for a site visit, you've decided you want to confirm your event, you know the capacity is 300, and then suddenly you're like, don't oh, ask but, Art Mildred to you know, come in. Can we start? <laughs> 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 right, 350 people. <laughs> yeah, that's your own stupid fault. When a couple. Uh, hire a venue you hire the venue for the time you get an allocated set site visits they have to talk to you first before coming in obviously if it's a public place come in have a look but you haven't paid for that venue to be at your disposal 24 7 yeah and i think some people can't differentiate that and if you feel like you need that security then that's when a planner i think would come in because yeah. they can do that yeah. more so 24 7 mm-hmm. not 24 7 because i do need to sleep <laughs> you know you can't just walk yeah. up to banqueting house without contacting you can you because you have to pay to get into back yeah house. exactly so if you yeah. did turn up you would i mean unless like they caught you know they did happen to walk past and they were like you know i've been planning my wedding with rose and probably our security guards would actually recognize yeah them, they yeah exactly they're their first, the first people that they but see but they would probably they would call up yeah, and double yeah. check with us if it's the weekend we'll and they don't know who free. you are mm. they're going to make you pay mm. um, because you know we are a visitor's attraction it is a charity we can't mm. just let yeah. anyone in and we have had people pretend that they're having events with us to get yeah. free before oh, so naughty. it's just not something yeah. that we can do no but like you know if we know say for example the bride's come along she absolutely has fallen in love with the venue but her boyfriend can come along on a weekday or her parents want to come and see you know by all means we will give you you know that free access on a weekend or let security know book it in the diary but you have to let us know it's not kind of like you say it's not at your disposal it's at the you know historic royal palaces you know a big part of that charity is the day visitor and that keeps your venue that keeps your venue you know a lot of work goes into keeping these historic palaces in the condition that they are in and that and they are in fantastic condition exactly and I think it's a case of just having a little bit of respect for the whole thing and if you're going to invest in having a wedding at somewhere like that just kind of look at the rules and kind of take that into consideration yourself as well for those looking for their venue what is your tips for them when they are going to a venue? Hmm. That's Where not probably the easiest question. I think the biggest amount of advice we can give them is there's there's sort of two things. You know, it's say they've got, as Rose mentioned earlier, their numbers are 150 mm. and they just want us for the reception. It's the biggest advice is showing them the potential of the space for their numbers. So we're really lucky we've got loads of amazing imagery um so when they come in but even before they come in you know we can send them these beautiful proposals loads of different pictures they then come in and then we've got the ipad which has even more so Mm. we wouldn't ever bring somebody in to go 150 people yeah you don't need to you know you don't need to you don't need to add anything in but something like a room split or having dinner on two long tables also, and dinner downstairs. Say, like, listen, yeah. listen, like, ask the venue person yeah. what does work, what doesn't work, yeah. because they have seen the venue used in so yeah. many different mm-hmm. ways, like, use their knowledge. Yeah. Ask us our opinion, ask us what works, yeah. because we love talking about weddings, we love mm. events, that's why we work at mm-hmm. Banqueting House, and we will share as much, and we will do whatever we can to make it the best yeah. possible day ever. Mm-hmm. 
I think as well is also there are restrictions. It being a palace, we don't allow real candles, for yeah. example. There isn't a lift in the building. Um, there are restrictions to it, and it is, you know, because it is such an old building, that is just the way it is. And unfortunately, mm. that as much as we can try and think of solutions for you, sometimes there is just literally nothing yeah. to do. Mm. Just yeah. to try and be a yeah. bit understanding as exactly well. and like well, you know, it's a really special place to get married you know, not yeah. many people do it yeah. exactly and we like you know with, with you know with like even the wedding photos you know we let them we let them be the only guests to be able to go up to the balcony which we don't really let any guests ever do but we let the bride and groom go up to the balcony have their be- these beautiful wedding pictures right at the top next to the Rubens mm-hmm. you know there's the opportunity because of our location for them in the summertime if they decide they want to have a summer wedding but they choose banqueting house where we don't necessarily have the outdoor space they can go over to St James's Park and have a private area in the park to have their wedding photos mm. and walk through horse guards yeah. to get there or drive drive down the mound to get there kind of thing exactly. you know, you know, it isn't a venue for everyone mm. you know it isn't going to work for everyone but if you know we not can't necessarily work you here we you know we can put you in touch with the other HRP mm-hmm. venues yeah. you know, we can put you in touch with Kensington Palace to have like the beautiful sunken mm-hmm. garden the state apartments there now have a license you can actually you know get mm. married in yeah, those yeah. rooms or you know actually would you consider a bit more of a countryside wedding mm-hmm. go to Hampton Court Palace and I mean you know going all your guests can go and get lost in the maze or yeah. do you want your rehearsal dinner at the Tower of London you know there's mm-hmm. you know we've got all these kind of contacts at all these different places yeah of use, use that and utilize yeah. it it will kind of help yeah. you out and put you in touch yeah. with the best people because exactly. that is the that is the thing you know historic royal palaces have a variety of of great luxury venues yes which are statement venues and, and you are versatile like you can work with with couples to make their dream day a reality oh my god that's so cliche yeah. <laughs> to make their dream day a reality i, I hate i hate no, it is, but it's like we kind of uh, we what? have on, the, on our social media we have different hashtags so you know kind of one of our things that we say to people is like pick your palace and mm. it's kind of like to pick your own personality and your yeah. style pick your um or kind of you know it is it's that modern fairy tale you kind of you know so many girls and boys grow up and they you know think I want to get married in a palace and I want to have this happy yeah. ever after kind of what is that palace for you yeah. um, and kind of you would be surprised yeah there are restrictions but be surprised what you can do in a palace yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. you know we've all got ideas of be what a you princess can do for a day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I am a princess though <laughs> 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 are you licensed, licensed for ceremony we yeah, are base in spaces. both spaces yeah um, I think the only venue that isn't within HRP is probably the tower I mean I think you could obviously get married in their chapel yeah um, don't you, do you have to be a you have to be connected to the mm. tower in some way okay. to get married there but they don't have a license for any of their other spaces they mm. tend to do you know they would love to do a wedding yeah. um, but they can only go until like 10 10 30 I think yeah. so, you know, so they work of... really well for those rehearsal dinners like like Rose exactly said. or yeah. why don't you go and have dinner in the white tower and then oh. go and get on a boat on the river and have your party going down with a tent I love that yeah. how I amazing that. would that be mm-hmm. I mean I love Banqueting House I do it is one of my favourite venues in London but for a completely different reason, I love the Tower of London. Yeah. And that's not for necessarily a venue reason, yeah. but although dinner in the yeah. White Tower But it's even for us, you know, oh, when we have yeah. to go to the Tower, even for a training day, you know, walking walking through the Tower, showing you feel, your pass, you get showing your pass or going, walk, being <laughs> oh. one of the first in the Tower or one of the last to leave. It's And no one else is there. It's like the most, you know, at times it can be scary, I guess, but it's like one of the most, like, oh, such a privilege. Like, it's, it's, I can't explain what it's like to 
be the last one of the last people walking out of that town. There's a training yeah. room at Hampton Court Palace, and I think it's where um, I'm having a, Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. I think it's the room that she gave birth in. Oh my god! And there's like witch marks scratched onto the. Um, onto the fireplaces <gasps> and that's where we're, that's where we're having a training that's where yeah. i'm doing like leadership training mm-hmm. or you know health and safety training that's you know they are amazing buildings they've yeah. got so much history you know by yes. fitting on your invitation i'm getting married at banqueting house i'm getting married at hampton court palace or kensington palace people already have ideas of what you're wedding oh, yeah. yeah. you know, you're, you are, you are yeah. kind of using that that reputation within your own event yeah 100 yeah. you're building on that 100 yeah. percent and it builds the excitement makes it even more exciting <laughs> I want to get married in the palace I've got one more question what is your average lead time it's really changed I mean at the moment like I'm planning a wedding for April I've, yeah you're you're planning a wedding for April oh. I've got two for October potentially it's it's but then not it could your be 18 months to two years yeah. I was going to say when do you open your books is it a year and a half in advance? Usually? A year and a half to two years. Yeah. It depends. Kind of sometimes we aren't sure exactly what conservation work is going to yeah. be going on. Twenty twenty. Have you had a lot of inquiries for twenty twenty? Yes. But mm. our twenty twenty inquiries have way it's overtaken our just a nice year, isn't it? That's why yeah. I'm getting. Yeah. It's a nice re- yeah. Represent. Represent twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess it's anything between <laughs> two months and two years. Well. Thank you, thank you so much no, for coming for on the podcast us. and talking to us about your incredible venue, which we love, and we will share beautiful images. Please go and check out our Instagram stories. Yeah, and visit our Instagram as well. I was going to say, where can people find you? Where we you? take over Instagram on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's HRP underscore events, um, and we're always sharing pictures, ideas, tips, mm-hmm. kind of the latest events that we're doing. Um, and you're on Hitched because you're nominated for yeah. City Venue of the Year, aren't you? Yes, we are. So you've been nominated for Best City Wedding Venue, which we're really excited about. So yeah, come and, come and speak to us. We'd love yeah. to run your And do get in contact with the ladies if you have a wedding to plan because yeah. they will send you the most beautiful proposal. Get married in the palace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Be a> princess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, girls. No, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Wedding People Podcast. As always, you can find us on Instagram at the Wedding People Podcast or you can email us at the Wedding People Podcast at gmail.com. We hope you can listen again to our next episode in two weeks' time.